So I'm going to be asking some questions for discussion, and then I'll give you guys a little time to talk about your answers to the questions that I'm asking, and then I'll open it up for a little bit of sharing here and there for how you answered these questions. Is that clear? Okay. I'll start with a short story. Back in 1997, when I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, I had a friend named Jim who was irritatingly uh, dogmatic in the way that he constantly would talk to me about the Lord, and he knew that I didn't want to have a relationship with God uh, in any way like the one that I grew up, you know, I grew up in a Christian family, so it seemed like... um, my reaction wasn't so much against the real God, but against my picture of God, who wanted control of my life and was the enemy of whatever I wanted to do. Uh, But Jim kept after me and kept after me and kept after me. And I remember thinking and saying, Jim would be the coolest guy if he would just shut up about Jesus. He took us rock climbing and rappelling and caving, and uh, I just profoundly cool guy, a Marine, and um, huge man hands. We would cook things in the fire, and he would grab them out with his bare hands, and i look at him. I, just, I held Jim in such awe. But when I finally did encounter God, I didn't call my youth pastor. I didn't call my friends. I didn't call a lot of the people that you might expect and say, dude, I just met Jesus. I called Jim because he was the one who I knew had wept and pleaded with God and didn't care if I liked him at all. Do you know what I mean? He was willing to have me dislike him rather than see me miss heaven and miss Jesus and miss the point of my life. Uh, So I called Jim up and he said, get over to my house, get over here right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Man, he's still aggressive. Why can't he take three seconds and just say that's awesome? Instead, he starts right in on his, you know, he's like, we're going to enlist you in boot camp now. So I show up at his house, me and my friend Darren, and he takes us out back to... Actually, I don't remember if this happened in the prayer cabin or if this happened at his kitchen table, and then we ended up spending time in the prayer cabin. It doesn't matter, details. But what he did was, he took me to Hebrews, took us to Hebrews, and opened it up to where it says, uh, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone else to start over with the basic things of the Christian life. You should be on to solid food and you should be discipling others, but instead, you need someone to constantly feed you baby milk. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to discern between good and evil. And Jim pressed us hard and said, your job, your job is to take responsibility for your own spiritual life. And you eat this book Daily aggressively. You find folk that are going hard after Jesus, and don't you dare become lukewarm like the rest of the church of Jesus. Don't you do it. You stay in your first love, and you find some hungry souls, and you go hard after God. And I'm going to meet with you guys. We're going to do Bible study. We're going to do life. And that's how we started. So, question one. If you were gathered with a group of young believers who were totally sincere but they knew next to nothing about God and the gospel, 
What would you teach them if you only had two days with them? One, two, three, go. I'm going to give you about three minutes to discuss. Okay, guys. So, do we have any brave? Yes, Elizabeth. So, so this is what I would do. I would skip all the rules, all the regulations, all of that stuff. I would go straight to hunger and thirsting for God's presence and his word. Because if they can do that in two days, then they can take that and conquer, you know, any rules and regulations. But I'm just good for that. So, Elizabeth, skip the rules and regulations. Hunger and thirst for God. And what else? And his word. Good stuff. Who else? I would start with the fact that Jesus, you cannot live without him. People think they can, but they can't. I would tell them that if they want a good life, if they want to live a good life, they need to know Jesus, learn to do the things that you're supposed to do. And us, I mean, first of all, I would say Jesus is the most important thing in your life, is Jesus. Stick with Jesus, right? Yes. Who else? (laughs) Okay. Um, So, collectively, on uh, as a group, was like deconstruction to take what has been taught so frequently of God being this, this dad that's looking to punish you for wrongness um, behind corners to break that apart, um, to teach that we are, we are much the same. Um, our brains will continue to think the same throughout all of our life to approach it in a fresh way. And then, um, what was mine? <laughs> I'm not going to teach him about nothing. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was going to cover the whole book. If we have two days, we've got enough time to do Genesis to Revelation. We can do this. We're going powerhouse and there's no sleeping, but we can do this. Um, no, mine was like the thought of God's not surprised by any of the emotions, things, feelings, and all of that. Like, I really wish that had been taught to me. Because instead, I felt like I needed to, to be well-dressed and stand and make sure that you did the right thing and don't get too excited, keep your hand low, those kinds of things. So I wished that's what I would teach, unteaching and reminding people that God is loving. Yeah, that was our group. So you, your group had some unteaching involved, too. You were deconstru- So you're assuming that they have an experience that's going to actually cause distortions in their perspective. Right, right. Yep. More? What's that group? There's a group that Brian's standing right beside. It's like, there you go. Shocking. I'm the one sharing. 
Um, we said we would teach forgiveness, um, that God loves you, selflessness. And um, I said something I wish I would have learned earlier on is the important thing is to show up and spend time with Jesus. Because the more time you spend with him, the more you're going to look like him. That's good. Oh, switch up. One thing I wish I would learn when I was younger was that you can talk to God and you can hear his voice. And that's one thing I would really impress on anybody new, that just talk to him. And he will lead you. He will guide you. One more. Don doesn't have a burning desire. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Ready for question two? Now, first off, as I ask the question, I'm gonna, you're going you're gonna to probably say, well, yeah, I've, I've experienced that. Let's say you have two friends, and two of your friends are locked into a conflict and the divide between them is growing. You respect both of them, but their respect and trust for each other is becoming strained. But they both keep coming to you to process their feelings about the other person. And if they find out that the other person's processing with you, they both feel even more betrayed. None of you have ever experienced this, right? <laughs> this is like relationship 101, right? Oh, yeah, third grade, that's when that started happening. Maybe earlier, right? So here's the question for your groups to discuss. It's real simple. What do you do? Three minutes, go. I'm really interested to, to hear. I've already heard two answers, which I hope you guys share those. But, okay, Bunny's got an answer. We sort of have that situation going on right now. And I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to name no names. But you've got to stay neutral. And, and when it in, includes three, like the husband, the wife, and the child, or whatever, um, you, you talk, I mean, you, you listen. That's the main thing, listen. And you don't say anything bad about the other one or anything like that. You just more or less say, well, they need to, you don't tell them what to do, because that's the worst thing. So you don't thing. feed their hurt and bitterness no, further. No, you don't feed it. No. I really want to know what the face palm was about, Phoenix. I want to know. What? <laughs> what? Her, oh, her. Okay, well, that's what I... Gemma. So, um, I've been in this situation a few times when I did go to school and what I mostly did is I would listen to what they're saying and I'd help them figure out exactly like if 
like what is actually happening and what is their emotions lying to them about what's happening. And then like most of the time in those situations, God would give me the knowledge to give them the right advice. So, and then I would do that. And then and after that, it's mostly up to them whether they want to fix this relationship or to keep being stubborn for whatever reason. He's in, and at that point, I just has to leave it up to God that he'll fix the problem. And sometimes he does it through me, and sometimes he just does it through one of them. So, I, What you said there about helping them, I'm not sure how you're asking them to what's the you're asking them to be a little bit more self-aware what's the story i'm making up mm-hmm. about what's happening in this conflict yeah. and and if they can become more self-aware of that then then what i hear you doing is then they maybe can see the other person with more accuracy because there's a level of you didn't use the word deception but yeah. there's a level of deception going on and you're trying to help them unmask that by yeah yeah you also are aware that of your limitations in the process. I heard you <laughs> yeah. say, I'm not in control of what they choose to do. That's extremely helpful. It sounded to me like you are able to then go to bed that night and sleep. Yes. Is that, yeah, that's yeah. It's really good stuff. I hope Matt Greenlee shares this, his answer too, because there's, oh, there's another hand. Matt's not going to raise his hand, so let's put him on the docket on the list of people. I would do a couple sozo. I would, even if it's not a married couple. Even if it's not a married couple, I would do a couple sozo. Basically, that's you. You would have them each ask God a question: Is there a lie that I'm believing about this relationship or this conflict? And then when you get the answer, they're not allowed. To, they're not allowed to argue with any. They're not allowed. And then with the one person, we take that lie and we sozo that that person, and then we sozo the other person. So, what truth do you have? And we go through a series of questions where they both ask God. And then I have individuals asking God so they can get to the root of why they themselves are involved in the conflict to be, bring healing to that. And, that. and that works because Tammy did a couple so-so. You know, you know from experience, right? Is what you're oh, saying. yeah. And, and when you asked, I said, that's what I would do. I would, I would ask each person, what is, what is God saying to you about that other person? And what, so it, that, that really works. That, that's good stuff. Sometimes God's opinion or God's perspective is frustratingly positive yeah. about the person we're mad at. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come on, Matt Greenley. Just take him the mic. morning so uh okay so the tim guy uh approached this with uh an individual who is uh a friend with uh both parties that are having a uh conflict of some sort disagreement of some sort something that is uh putting division between them and uh and then the uh so the party that is uh in the middle that is being uh Hmm. well, you know, communicated with by both parties about the situation. 
I would say if that individual, uh, that individual needs to get the other two individuals in the same room together, the three of them together, and that uh, individual that's in the middle addressing both individuals that have the, uh, the conflict, uh, advising them that he or she needs help because he or she loves and respects both of these people and, uh, and seeing what's going on between them is not good for anyone and, uh, and that of course it, it puts them in an awkward situation and then also identifying what can be identified in the situation uh, that is not Christ-like and asking everybody involved, all three of them, uh, of their own selves, uh, you know, what is uh, or is not Christ-like in what's going on in the division conflict or situation and how they're responding to each other. Thank you. So get them in the room together because you need their help. So, hey, so-and-so, I need your help with something at 4.30 p.m. at X and, at this place. And then they show up and see the other person's car there, and they say, you. <laughs> Anyone else? So we had three different answers. One was that was to get two people together and order sweet or unsweet tea and sit there and watch. Sweet. We're going to have a conflict. She's the devil. Um, <laughs> the other was find new friends. Too much drama. <laughs> find new friends. That's what John Gibbons said. <laughs> I mean, this is just where we're at, people. Uh, also, thanks for this conversation. This is a fun time. I consider not being here this morning. I would have been disappointed. Um, the last one is uh, to ask four questions. What do you really want? What do you really want for that person? What do you really want for this relationship? And what are you doing about it? If you can find those four answers, you can, you can master all of those things. hope somebody wrote those four answers down, or those four questions. Those Critical are- Conversations is the name of the book. Well, asking you and you saying it in 10 seconds is a lot easier than reading a book. So it's, what do you want for yourself? What do you want for the other person? What do you want for this relationship? And what are you doing about it? I'm thinking I'm going to move to the next question, unless there's somebody else who's like, wait a minute, I have something to say. Okay. So, last night I watched a clip of a guy who is spending his whole summer, like every summer, at the top of a mountain on fire lookout patrol. He's got a little cabin, it's like one room, and it's got windows all around And in all directions, he can see the horizon and the mountains. And his job is to get his binoculars out 
and look around for like seven hours a day. And are there any fires? And then he uses his CB to, to, to call back in. He's missed friends' weddings over the summer. He has to say no to everything. If he's there, he's committed to being there. It's 100% all in. So my question then to you is, because I thought, oh, man, that would be an amazing job for a little bit. <laughs> Israel was like, is there Wi-Fi? Uh, oh, wait, oh, no, that was a different, was that the same guy or different? That was the guy on an island. Okay, my bad, my bad. But I thought that was interesting. Israel's first question is, what about the Wi-Fi, though? Yeah, power and then Wi-Fi. And the guy has no alarm clock or need for an alarm clock. He's in a windowed room, and the sun's going to wake him up. You know what I mean? All right, so, so my question is, and this is not as hard as the other questions. This is more just for you to get to know each other better. If you could work any job or career for a year just to see what it's like, what would you choose? Mm, go. Okay, do we have anyone who would like to share their one-year idea? Well, I love to read, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of audio books out there, so reading to some... What I would like to do is be the one that reads the books on audio. That way I... Yeah, I... Okay, that's what I would like to do. I could read and read and read. As long as there's no accents. You want to, you got to do the, in the back, done. Don and then Doug? Um, Allie said professional tennis player, which I had no idea my child had any interest in tennis at all. Um, I know her name. I couldn't think of what she said. Oh, Zoe wanted to be a pilot. These are things I'd never... What kind of pilot? I hang out with these kids all the time. Like tiny plane, big jet? That's not big. She just wants to fly airplanes. Adriana said, uh, Adriana said National Geographic photographer. Oh, nice. Which Can I change that my answer? is like cool. Silas said uh, Nike shoe designer. Sammy, first he said mechanic, then we talked him out of it. <laughs> and then he said, we were like, you could be a mechanic for anything, right? What was his final thing? Producer, movie, Hollywood movie producer. And Nathan said uh, NBA, oh, baseball, professional baseball player. That is awesome. I'm torn between the fire tower and the National Geographic photographer. Something with travel and You could probably combine those if people want lots of pictures of, you know, that yeah. one scene. Yeah. <laughs> of treetops. <laughs> Here's the trees in the summer. Here's the trees in the fall. Well, I don't, I don't need the Wi-Fi up on the mountain. I just want the cable TV. Please tell me you have more answer than that. 
No, no, no. Um, I'd, I'd like to be a, a train engineer, the guy that drives a train. And, and the, I'll tell you, the best birthday present I ever got, my kids got together about 10 years ago and bought me um, a uh, half hour. There's a place up in Pennsylvania you can go and, and drive a steam train. And they bought me a half an hour up there. And I went up and had a, had a ball. That's cool. That's cool. I love people and children. And I travel around the world twice. And I would just love to wish I had what it took to go back a third time and help every child and everyone that just did not have a direction. And when I finally got a job, I chose to work Federal Express. I wanted to be my own boss. I don't like being inside where people keep an eye on me. If you're going to trust me, you trust me. But I met all kinds of people. And I learned from them, and they learned from me. And I guess if everybody understood what everybody purposes or could help everybody, you know, I like peace, I think. I like peace. I like seeing all children smile under all circumstances. And I would own the biggest building that God ever made and cook for every child that's on this planet. <laughs> and I would eat just like them. Rest like that. No napkins, no forks, no knives. Just eat. That was a lot. You had like travel the whole world and also own a huge building and cook a lot of food and then like encourage a lot of kids. It's like. I think to me, I'd like to have the ability to bless people. In whatever way, whatever needs that they have. I know there was a time I drove on 16 quite often, and there was this driveway that was just a muddy, muddy mess every time it rained. I would love to have the resources to be able to back in there with a load of stone and fix that driveway and bless those people. Not, I don't really want them to know that I did it, but that, that people care. And, and to be able to have those resources available to be able to do that kind of thing. So your dream is to be extremely wealthy. <laughs> Rob's got one, I think. I, I'm right next to him. Um, Mimi really had a burning desire for me to share, so I thought I'd go ahead. Um, I would love to be an NFL quarterback for a year. That would be fun. I mean, I could I could take Brady's job for a year. You know, I'll give it back to him when I'm done. But that'd be well, I I would play for free, honestly. Because, <laughs> but I, I I I'd love that. That sounds like so much fun to me. So my other one was a farmer, but I'm crossing my fingers that farmer I'll be able to attain. Whereas quarterback, probably not. But we'll we'll see. The quarterback farmer. <laughs> All right. Um. I'll be speaking for both of us. I know Cheyenne would love to have her own nonprofit animal rescue and shelter place. Yep, that's 
Um, yeah. That's exactly her. She loves animals, and that's exactly what she'd like to do. Yep. Is take every one of them in if she could. You want a bunch of cats? There's all no, of my little. I don't. No, I don't. But um, I have a few because I have my music side and my side where I love working with my hands. And um, my music side, I'd love to co-write with Bethel. Just dig down devotion, meditation, and yeah. soak up in the Lord's presence and just write good quality music. And then the other artists I would love to just follow around for a year and write music is Mark Gunger. Mm-hmm. He's, he's my top, I You mean think. Michael Gunger? I did, did I say Mark? Yeah. I meant Michael. Yeah, Michael Gunger. I was like, maybe he has a cousin. I don't know. He does have a brother. Uh, I said, yeah, okay. I said his brother's name. I bet that'd be cool, too. Um, yeah, his, everything about his writing is just, and speaks intelligence. But um, working with my hands aspect, I know Brian went to like somewhere near Yellowstone and was doing. I would love to do that. Just like build a log cabin in the mountains or something, yes. carved tree anywhere with a beautiful view. That's that's would be one of my favorite things as well. I'm on Pinterest, and I pin things like I have a whole page called Dream Cabin. <laughs> I'm on Pinterest, and it's like everything is like woodworking and guitars. It's not okay. Just don't judge me. I have a question, but what about you? This see it changes. It changes every year. Um, I'm a big believer in like follow what you're interested in, and, and then you'll learn as you'll learn so much more than if you just try to stay in one shallow. That was a judgmental statement. One narrow lane. And so this year, if I could pick what I would... I would want to apprentice under a Japanese uh, woodworker to learn traditional Japanese building techniques like they use in their temples and things because they have like thousand-year-old buildings that are made entirely of wood and they have no nails in them. And they're still standing and they're in beautiful condition. It's a thousand... What? Anyway. Who else was... I forget. Oh. But after listening to everybody else's, hmm, i got a few others that I'd like to do, too. So how many years can we have to do this? I don't know. The rest of your life. I said I was going to share every time. I've got to stay faithful to it because it makes them uncomfortable. So, Is it really? <laughs> She's not even looked at her watch. Don't believe her. This has been a really fun group. I don't, like, if you ever get the chance to, well, you won't. Never mind. Um, So in this group, there is one of us that would love to work with kids um, in third world countries to serve them in some sort of way. One of us would be very interested in working with animals in refugee places, um, so wildlife sanctuaries, etc. And then running like a bakery to just feed people. That's where we're at. Is there a way we could combine all three of those and a bakery in the third world that takes care of animals and kids? I often think how grateful I am that Nikki and Anita followed God's heart and had the vision to start our clothing closet. And I think conversations like this are where God plants dreams and visions. And so if there's something that you feel God planting, um, I encourage you to walk that out. Um, 
if I could work any job for a year, I think I could probably be really happy in a clothing closet every day for a year. I finished down there so exhilarated. I meet the most amazing people. I cry and laugh and pray with them and sort more clothes and hang them and have wonderful people like Mary who do so much detail and I get to see people blossom both on our team of workers, Amanda, how she's come and been so intent about being here and making sure we can be open. I'm so, so blessed. And what if Nikki and Anita had thought, well, that's a crazy idea. We'd run out of clothes. It'll be exhausting. And it was very exhausting. They worked a lot, lot, lot of days with a very small team. And when Pastor Tim challenged us to pray for harvest workers, um, that 1002 sermon, I still have my 1002 alarm on, just asking God to give us vision and workers for whatever the new things are that we're supposed to be doing as a congregation because we are supposed to be making earth like heaven. And Sussex County has a, a long ways to go. But one family at a time, we're making a difference and we're shifting destiny here in our little community. And so don't brush off that idea that God's giving you because... He has, we have, he's planting God-sized dreams and they are impossible from our way of thinking. Who would have ever thought that we could serve this amount of families? In January, we served 60 families. February, March, we served 40. April, we served 43 families every month that came for large amounts of clothing. And we've never run out. And I'm pretty sure we never will. We cleaned our little room this week and can see the floor completely. Mary finished sorting and then swept it while it was empty. Because <laughs> it hasn't been empty since October. <laughs> and the very next day on Friday, I had clothing delivered to my front porch. <laughs> you would do more of what you're doing if you had it. Well, that sort of feels like you won the lottery then if you get to you would do. I like what you said about encouraging people instead of the why this can't work, maybe, but what if it works? You know, what if it works? What if we, what if we could do it? What if we could actually do it? I, you know, what do you, uh, you Sean said, you would like to go base jumping for a year. And I was like, how is that a job? And he's like, you could train other people to go base jumping. And then Kate was like, I want to be in a band. And I said, what kind of band? And she's like, rock band. And then we found out she can play some Led Zeppelin. What? Ah, Okay. I think we're out of time. It's noon. Shall we stand? I had seven questions. We didn't, we didn't get them all. It's okay. Father, I ask in Jesus' name for you to empower us to live out 
the wisdom that you've put in us. It's clear from the answers today that you've put Holy Spirit wisdom in each of us. We ask for your courage to do the hard thing that's right. When the hard thing is the right thing, give us the the courage to do it anyway. And we just thank you so much that it's not always the hard thing that's the right thing. (laughs) But Holy Spirit, more, I bless this group that's gathered in Jesus' name. May you thrive. Amen. Hug your mom.